Hi, this is Pastor Joplin Emerson inviting you to join us in our 2022 trip to Israel. If you've ever wanted to see the places that you read about in the scriptures, walk where Jesus walked, see the Sea of Galilee where Jesus called his disciples, the very sea that the Lord walked upon. Maybe see Mount Carmel where Elijah called down fire in his showdown with all the prophets of Baal and so much more. We're gonna to be touring the Holy Land in March of 2022, and we would love to have you join us. Registration is open now, and you can find all the information you need to know about the trip, including our itinerary and all the details of our day-to-day -day activities there at our website, joplinandandrea.com. We would absolutely love to have you join us. If you have any questions about the trip, please reach out and contact us. We'd love the opportunity to help in any way that we can we hope you can join us in our trip to the Holy Land. God bless. Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast, where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I'm Andrea, here with my husband and co-host, Joplin. Welcome to today's show. Welcome, everybody, to the Joplin and Andrea podcast. we got a good show for you. Very excited about today's primary topic. Uh, you're going to hear the heartbeat of myself and my wife as we discuss missions. Today, we're gonna to focus on one of our missions, and that being what we do in Honduras. And so if you've ever wondered, what do we do? Why are we there? What's happening there? Maybe even how you can help, how you can get involved. You are listening to the right show today. So let's get started. And Andrea, I want to kind of ask you a question that I've been asked, you've been asked over the years. You know, first of all, like why? What, what are we doing there? Why do we go? And I think sometimes the way that we as Americans tend to think is like, so what is the goal? You know, I've been asked um, by good people. Our doctors asked me before, like, why do you go to these places? What can you really do there? You can't change the world. So, you know, why are you going if you can't change their culture or communities? Why do we go? What is our goal? And uh, so let's start with that. Absolutely. What are we doing in Honduras? Yeah, um, great question. And if you have never been, I think almost everybody wonders that. And so we have four main goals that we try to um, put into place with our missions in Honduras or wherever we travel. But today we're talking about Honduras. And the first one is education. All right. What do you mean by education? And so education over there, generally the kids stop being in school around second grade at least that's how it was when we very first got started over there um they did not go beyond second grade they quit and they just ended up starting to help help around the house or go to go to work with their dad and um so as we have been able to come in and integrate in this community um we are able to see these kids go to like middle school and so right now that's as far as we've been able to actually see because of our length in the program, but the kids that were dropping out in second are now going to third, fourth, fifth, and even sixth grades. And so that's incredible just to see the, the difference that has been made. So when we say over. education, we're talking about actual school yes. education. And where we're at in Honduras, 
the average income, uh, household income, of most of the families that we work with in the mountain area we are, it's about $80 a month. Mm -hmm. Now, the school system in Honduras, the public school system, it is free, but you can't enroll and you can't go if you don't have school clothes, if you don't have shoes, if you don't have your backpack and, and your school supplies, supplies yeah. and all of that stuff. And um, in Honduras, that's about $120 total turnkey. And so you could see it's about a month and a half of wages just to get their kids into school. And then if you've got two or three children, it's just totally impossible. So what was happening is, and still is happening in many, many parts of Honduras and other areas of the world, but what was happening was, you know, parents are saying, we're going to send our kids until they're capable of reading yeah. a little bit. And once they can read a little bit, we're pulling them out because we simply can't afford it. And one of the things that's just crucial to, you know, long-term development of any culture, any community, any people group is education. Mm -hmm. And even in Honduras, the average education system, it doesn't go beyond sixth grade. Some of our listeners were probably like, sixth grade, why are you stopping there? Well, a lot of places, that's as far as the school is. If you want to go beyond sixth grade, you're going to have to travel to a city um, you know, have to move somewhere that actually has schools that go beyond sixth grade. And our long-term plan, because there is a city about 12 miles from where um, we work in the mountains, our long-term plan is to maybe try to find some way to get a bus route to get some of these kids, once they start aging out of the program, uh, getting them into high school, those that are wanting to go. But for now, making sure that they are able to go to school yes. and continue their education through sixth grade. It is truly, it sounds crazy to American-minded people, but it is truly life-changing for these kids. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the things that we do when we say education. That's what we're talking about, helping these kids know you're going to have everything you need and you're going to be supported financially to get all the way through sixth grade. If, you, if that's what you want to do, we're going to help you do that through our program. What's our next goal? Um, well, uh, real quickly, I was just going to say being able to be a part of that community and helping them see the need for education has been really, really critical in them seeing some different positions that they could possibly do as they get older as well. We have um, a young girl that we sponsor who has been interested in um, actually doing bilingual school. And so over there, that's a really big need. And it's really cool because I don't know that, you know, that would have even been something that crossed her mind had she not continued her education and saw, you know, that there were these other people that were older that had, had participated in that. And so that's been really awesome for us. Um, the second thing that we really focus on is their health. And so because they're up in the mountains um, and you know, you mentioned that they're only 12, way, 12 miles away from town, but it is 12 torrential miles. Most of these kids have never been into the city um, in their entire lives or until they're much older. And yeah, so a huge portion of the students that we care for and sponsor in Honduras will be between 12 and 16 years old before they ever leave a three to four mile radius of the mountain range they're on. Yeah. Never been into the city. And um, they don't know anything else except right there on the mountain where they were born and raised. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, so we go in and we um, we have people that go and check on them weekly and they have communication ways that if there is a child that is extremely sick or maybe has broken an arm or something like that, they can communicate. And so we've been able to go in and actually get those kids the help that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, we were over last year, I believe, and there was a young girl that had her arm broke. And um, the missionary over there said it's very unusual that she actually was able to go in and knew they needed to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was able to go in and get her arm casted and we saw her again a year later and she she looked great her arm looked fine she was functioning like normal and so just the little things that we don't think about um that these kids deal with or these families deal with and a lot of it is education wise too that they if somebody's sick they need to be educated that if we get them a prescription you have to take the whole antibiotic you can't just take it till you feel better um, which is kind of what they do they just don't know and so been able to go in and educate that way wise as well um and beyond like medical health um one of the things that we do is twice a week we will um, allow the students to come to the church, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit, where we operate the program out of. It's like the headquarters, the, really about the only place in the mountain range there that has a big enough space yeah. uh, where all the kids can come together. They get to come twice a week and we'll feed them. You know, our group, we make sure that it's uh, like vitamin fortified foods. We used to give them vitamins. And again, just lack of education, but they would hoard them. Parents would eat them instead. Um, And so we actually have food that has the vitamins infused into the food. So it's a very healthy meal for these kids. And twice a week, they get to come to our center and go home with a full belly of good, healthy food. Um, There's a few other things that we've been able to incorporate as well, um, such as just making sure that the kids have clothing and making sure that they have the necessities that we always take for granted because we just have them here or we have cheap resources to just go get things. Um, And so we have been able to take over, I think, 20 boxes of clothing um, last year and let these families gather Walmart-sized bags for their kids to take them home and help keep them clothed and uh, just have all the necessities, the socks, the underwear, the undergarments that we don't always think about. And so that was very helpful. When we first started that first year uh, working with this community of people, it was about one out of every three of the children did not have a bed. Yes. And so they were sleeping, you know, on the floor, dirt floor, a lot of them, uh, sometimes like, I don't know, like a large piece of cardboard, you know, blanket that they kind of have rolled up as a pillow. And uh, it was one of the first things that we did that first year was we took inventory and made sure that every child had a bed to sleep in. Yeah. These are things that are just so very different than what we're kind of accustomed to back here. It's an entirely different degree of poverty. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what's wild. I, I, we're going to talk about mission trips in a while, in a little bit, but it's just wild. If you, They don't know any different. Right. And so the people that we're talking about, while there's great need, they're some of the most like filled with joy, fun to be around people that you'll ever witness. I mean, they don't know. It's honestly, I, yeah. they they're don't content know with what they're they have. poor. They yeah. don't know what they don't have. It's just, yes. and, and they're, uh, they're so appreciative of what little you know we're able to do. Mm-hmm. But well, when we talk about health, these are some of the things that 
Um, yeah. We've been able to come in and solar help lighting. provide. Yep. Yeah. We also were able to take over a bunch of solar lights because uh, maybe one out of a hundred has electricity in their house. Not very many. Um, maybe maybe five. Um, but we were able to take over solar lights, and so that was a big deal for them because they're used to absolutely no dark, no light. When it's dark, it's dark. Um, so that was really awesome to see. Uh, the next thing that we really um, try to focus in on is supporting their spiritual growth. And um, we're through the ed, through this program that we're um, going to talk about here in just a little bit, they actually come to the church and they that's where their feeding center is at. That's where um, all these different things ha- operate out of when they have somebody come to town. And so they're able to go and they're actually able to be fed with ministering. Um, the pastor is able to teach. They have different children's ministry um, programs. And it is really incredible that our church was able to help raise money because they were just overflowing with people to help build a second level onto um, this church that they have. And now they do have this education wing where prior they didn't. Everybody was just in this giant room overflowing and there was no possibility to get the little kids off and teach them a few things that pertain to them. And so that's, that's really been awesome to see, to help them grow spiritually. So we say supporting spiritual growth because our mission is not to go in and become, you know, the spiritual teachers and thank God for missionaries that have traveled into areas of the world where there was no Christian influence and have Mm -hmm. started and launched missions. But we believe when possible, It's much better to come alongside the indigenous people, the people that are born and raised there. That's what I mean by the word indigenous. It's better to come alongside the indigenous people. They know their culture better. Yes. They know the needs of the people in their community better. They Mm -hmm. live there. They work there. And so what we've done is found the one Christian church in the Kayla Koska area that our program runs. And we basically come alongside and said, look, we want to be a support to you and help you minister to this community. And all the things that we just talked about previously, the church there is where all of this happens. And in a lot of ways, we've just said we will be the resource that makes this possible for you. And but at the end of the day, you're the is this your church? It's not ours. We're That's not right. changing the name. We're not taking ownership. This is your place. We are here to support what you do. And so that's one of the things that's also pretty unique about uh, what we're doing in Honduras is we are coming alongside and supporting the Christian community so that they can continue to reach their community. Yes. And yeah. when we first started, it would have been 2017. So little over three years ago, our first trip was summer of 2017. The church was running about 75 to 100 people. Yeah. And now it's broke like 150, 175 people. It's it's more than doubled in numbers. And the uh, they're seeing families saved. Moms and dads are being saved. And obviously, many of these children um, that we're reaching are being connected to the program and their families are coming with them. And we needed to help the church build. And so out on the mountains, there's just you can't build out. You got to go up. And um, we put a second floor over what used to be the church. 
And now what used to be the church, that first floor, they've put like, I think, six different classrooms. That way they can start breaking up into smaller groups. It wasn't too hard when, you know, the program was running 60 students. Now that it's running 125, yeah, um, it's very helpful for them to be able to kind of break up and teach, you know, preschool kids preschool content and preach, you know, fourth and fifth grade kids or teach fourth and fifth grade kids content relative to their age. And so awesome things happening there. And um, when we say we come along and support spiritual growth, that's what we mean. We support what's going on there. So um, our major goals, education, health, supporting spiritual growth. And then number four, what's our final major goal? Um, Our final final major goal is long-term community involvement. And with that, um, we want to be involved in their life long-term to help them continue to grow, to walk alongside, to help provide the resources that they just have the mean, don't have any means for. And so um, our goal is to continue on this journey with them. And even as they've continued to grow and they've continued to develop and maybe they don't need us in this area now as much, but we can redirect our energy over somewhere else that they do need. And so we are excited about that long-term it's only been commitment. a little over three years, yeah. but you know our goal, and we are already doing it. Um, but we want to know most of the people in the community by name. Yeah, we want to we want to ha- be uh, over there enough. It's personal. Committed long enough, there for the long term that they know us, we know them, and uh, it's almost like our family, extended family around the globe. And we've began building that relationship. Yes, we have. But our goal is to stay connected and committed in this community for 10, 15, 20 yeah. years to come, you know, if the Lord will allow it. Yeah. So how do we do this? Um, you know, we've talked about our major goals there. How do we accomplish these things? All right. Um, the first thing that we're going to talk about is child sponsorship. And so as part of this program that we have over there, um, we started child sponsorship over there in 2017. And we started with about 50 to 60 kids in the program. Um, it was extremely awesome. We were able to get majority of those immediately sponsored. Um, and then we were able to go back again the year after that and the year after that once a year they have the opportunity where kids can come in and they can sign up for the program when their school starts and get backpacks and supplies and so uh, that program has grown to where we're seeing closer to like 140 150 students right now Um, and we have the majority of them sponsored we'll go back again here um, and get some more students that are ready to join the program here this month. Um, And so the sponsorship enables the child to go to school, um, to have the supplies that they need, enables them to um, have their uniform and their school, their shoes paid for. And um, they're able to attend that feeding center as often as twice a week when they provide that feeding center. And so the sponsorship program is the number one thing that we, we have for that. So also, if you're interested in sponsoring a child, the way our program works, um, is a couple different times a year you'll be able to write your child they will write you um the school in honduras so it starts in february it's very weird starts in february it ends in november they're on a different schedule than we are here they do it because of the heat oh i didn't know that okay yeah they have no air conditioning so because of the heat they miss the hotter seasons in the school well that means their hotter season must be november december and january yeah, I think it's Maybe the latter it end. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, um, the I lost my train of thought there. 
sorry, you were talking about the program and the the sponsorship program. And I okay. was assuming it you were going to say like February. $15. Mm-hmm. And so what we will do is allow our sponsors to purchase school supplies for their own kids. And uh, we'll do that normally in September. That's a, I mean, that's when we recommend that you do it because if you'll do it on the back heels of school here, you get everything on clearance and you can get most of it at a pretty good price. But you can add, you know, something personal that you want to send over with your student. And then we will ship those items over at the end of the year. And then when we show up in February, we pick those items up and we hand deliver them yeah, to the students. Backpack. It's a pretty cool deal. And so... Um, the, the next thing about our child sponsorship, there's two things about our sponsorship that I feel personally are pretty special. Number one, it's only $15 a month. Yes. And I'm going to talk about how that's possible in a little bit, but it is only $15 a month. And so it's a pretty affordable option for just about anybody. The second thing that's really cool about our sponsorship, all of our kids are on this mountain range, all of them. Yeah. And so we get to see the same kids every time we go back. We see all of them every single time we go. And if you're a sponsor and you ever want to come over with us on a mission trip each time you go, not only are you going to get to see, you know, the students that you're sponsoring, but you're going to get to go to their home, mm-hmm. visit with mom and dad. It's just a really cool, very personal um, thing that we have going on with our sponsorship. So, yeah. Go ahead. The only thing I wanted to add was that we try to make it as personal as possible so that even if you aren't able to go, you are still connecting with your kid in a very personal way. Um, This last year, we actually went and recorded videos of every single sponsor that was willing um, to take over and share with the child. And so that was really neat just to be able to go and talk to the sponsor. They gave their child a little message. We had it translated and um, being able to have that for the child. And so we try to do what we can to make it as personable as possible for everybody so mission trips is something else that uh, is a big part of what we do it's not possible to have the real personal touch that we have and do what we're doing there without continuing to go and actually be with the students and their Mm -hmm. families so we take two trips a year Uh, we'll go in february and deliver the backpacks in february and then we go in uh, june or july and that trip is uh, a lot of times we'll go to the schools that these kids are going to and host like a vacation Bible school day at the school. Yeah. And um, man, it's a great experience. Tell us a little bit from your opinion. You know, Andrew and I have actually traveled the world. We've both been in the Philippines, Haiti several times, Honduras, uh, Juarez, Mexico. Um, with your pretty vast experience of being in different places around the globe, how safe is the mission trip? You know, how good is it for kids? Is uh, Just yeah. tell us a little bit about the mission trip itself. Um, so I would say that Honduras is the safest mission trip that we've ever did. Um, we've been to, like you said, you know, all over the world. And that this area that we stay in is just this very secluded, small little town, little community. Um, and it is, it's safe. There's not a lot that happens in those towns. It's very laid back. Um, when you go and you stay, you actually stay in a hotel and it's surrounded by a wall and, um, it's a very nice hotel for a mission trip. And I tell that to people often because we have went and stayed in very different conditions where you're actually sleeping on the floor on a little mat. 
mm-hmm. um, and everybody's sleeping in a couple of different rooms because they're just that's what it that's what's offered um and it is it is very safe um if you would ask if i would have allowed my children to go on some of the other mission trips my answer was no um they did go to the philippines but with the exception of the other two um just it wasn't really advised for me to tell younger kids to go but absolutely we feel that honduras is very safe malachi um our eight-year-old he went for the first time when he was six and um, I felt very safe with him. I didn't have any reservations about the children or the people or um, even bad motives. Um, I just, it was, it was very, very good. And your food's safe there the whole time. They make sure you have plenty of water, um, that you have the resources that you need. And so it is, it's an incredible trip. It's a good trip, safe trip. And so our child sponsorship, missions trips, and then our extra mile sponsorships so um, this is really the third way we do what we do. One of the ways we're able to keep our um, cost so low is that that $15 cost really is for the student and um, just making the program operate from uh, just all the logistics it takes to make the program operate. We don't have any administrative cost on top of that. So uh, honestly, all that we do back home, our website that's created, the um, platform that's created for you to be able to give through and sponsor your child, all the organization stuff, it's all donated time. Nobody's compensated for it. And so that helps. Mm-hmm. And, and then the trips themselves, um, there, is, there is no cost passed on to our sponsors. And the only way that that's possible is with our partners who partner with us yeah. through our extra mile program that say, hey, we love what you're doing there. We want to be able to keep that price point at $15 where it's at because it's awesome. It allows so many other people to participate. And so we have people, uh, sometimes businesses, sometimes individuals that say, hey, we want to come alongside and support this work so that you guys can fly over when you need to fly over, continue to coordinate what you need to coordinate and be present uh, with your mission teams, because um, Andrea and I certainly don't have the money to be able to fly all over the world like we do. Yeah. And if it wasn't for those people to partner with us and help us do this, it just simply wouldn't be possible. Yeah. And so those are really the three main ways we accomplish those four major goals through our child sponsorship, our mission trips, and then our extra mile sponsorship. Look, if you have any questions about wanting to get involved, reach out to us. Uh, you can find children that need to be sponsored yes. at joplinandandrea.com. And honestly, we are almost at 100% sponsorship. There's not You're not going to find a bunch there. If we are fully sponsored, if you go to our site and you look at Honduras sponsorships and there's nobody that needs a sponsor. I think there's three right now. So three out of like 125, 140, something like that. Uh And so um, they go pretty quick and we tend to retain our sponsors uh, pretty good. Yes. So two things, Uh, we should have some kids that uh, will be aging into the program when we go over here in a couple weeks and and take registrations. If you want to send us a message through the website that says, hey, there's not any kids, I'd like to sponsor somebody. Uh, we'll make sure that we contact you directly once we have new kids added to the, for registration Absolutely. and let you you know have an opportunity uh, first to go and see who you might want to sponsor. Um, if you're interested in our extra mile sponsorship and just supporting the work without necessarily wanting to select a child to sponsor, all of that information, joplinandry.com. 
Um, yeah. So that's yeah. what you need to do. I was just going to add one more thing. It turns out that they're cheap enough that every time Andrea goes over and says, oh, I think we need this one too. Yeah. That um, we're able to sponsor a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have several students and yes. we love them all. Yes, but we do. Um, Joplin has to say at certain times, enough's enough. Uh-huh. And Andrea really likes supporting all these kids. And I think it's great. I really do. But this is my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. I think that it minimizes some of the specialness yeah. to our kids that we are sponsoring if we end up with 10, 12, 15 kids. And I well, don't... Well, we don't have 10 or 12. We just have five. Five. But I, I do think there comes a point when it's like it'd be better to let someone else sponsor. Yes. And it would it, for those that we do sponsor, it would keep it more special for them. But if Andrea had her way, it would just be Joplin no, and Andrea sponsoring all the it kids. It actually wouldn't because wouldn't. I agree with you too. But there has just been these special cases that come up when we're over there. For instance, there was this young little girl and she came up and she was abandoned. And she was like living with her aunt and uncle. And my yeah. little heart's just like, <laughs> Her mom <laughs> abandoned like, her. And she did, took, yeah. Uh, left to go with one of the caravans to try to yes. come up to the U.S. And, yeah. and, and she even so, ended up coming back. Taking so, her daughter with her is a sad story, did. and we haven't seen her since because she believed that if she had her daughter with her, she'd be able to get in. Yeah. And um, yeah, but there's not a week that goes by that I don't pray for that little girl. So Glendy is her name. Yeah. You guys want to pray for Glendy? That is her name. Yes, I just want to make sure she's taken care of. So. All right. If you guys want to get involved, JoplinandAndrea.com. We would love to have you join us in our mission in Honduras. Y'all be praying for us. We yes, will be over would. there the first week of february handing out backpacks and so we're looking forward to that all right so a couple of uh ideas today we want to talk kind of fun categories to close out the podcast we're getting ready to fly again it's been a little bit since we've been able to do that we've had a lot of experience being bored in airports and so we got some tips some ideas to keep your airport experience from being boring. That's right. And go. All right. So last year on the same backpack trip, uh, the entire team gets up to go and it's like five in the morning and we get to the airport. Everybody's checked in and we're all waiting and we get this announcement after like a 45 minute delay that something's wrong with the plane, but it's going to be fine. We're just going to wait another hour and then we still get this. We're just going to keep waiting. So mind you, we're stuck in the airport for like five hours in Wichita. And so we're trying to um, just strike up some creativity, you know, get the boredom gone. And um, at one point we uh, used the wheelchair that, you know, helps people down the aisle and took each one of us for a ride in the wheelchair back and forth to the restroom or to Chick-fil-A or to the gift station, you know, you name it. Just Now, we didn't take it from somebody that was using it or that needed it. So don't go getting mad out there feeling like, you know, we were taking some handicapped person's access. That's not the case. And we didn't just use the wheelchair. We used the luggage rack that pushes luggage because it works just as well. That's right. And um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we, we actually ran. Like I would run with Malachi full speed yeah, ahead. Yeah. And about after three hours, we actually kind of had our own little community in this little uh, area in the airport where I think we had naps going on and we had, you know, people jamming out to some music and all kinds of good stuff. And at one point, our teens even talked Joplin into doing a cartwheel down the middle of the aisle at the airport in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Sure did. 
And yeah. then yoga. We did some yoga poses. And some yoga poses. <laughs> you know, you got to do what you got to do to keep uh-huh. it from getting boring sometimes in the airport. Yeah, and he's usually not the one that's like, let's do this. But, you know, after that amount of time, we were ready for some Most of the other passengers like it because they're kind of bored too. They're just like, they don't know at first, like, is this okay? Can they really do this stuff in the airport? Uh-huh, and like then, we're and then they're like, yeah, this is cool. Let's yeah. do what these guys are doing. And it, all of a sudden, the yeah. atmosphere's a little better. We, Everybody's not so cranky. We also traveled on the um, uh, the Super Bowl last year. And so the Chiefs were playing. And that we got the whole entire airport in Houston screaming the Chiefs because we had on Chiefs gear. Yes. And they are getting ready to play. And then there was a section. I don't remember who they played. Do you? The San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, there was somewhere in the 49ers. And so then they, we got some booze too. But that made for a great uh, a great entertainment there in the airport. Speaking so. of games, we got some new games for Christmas. Yeah, we did. And was able to play Quite one the games, one night. Actually. And it was a lot of fun. I think there was 10 of us playing together. Yeah. And um, they've got some new games out that it's about time. Because they've had some of the same old games for 20 years. And there's some new games that have come out there. A lot of fun. Tell yeah. us about. Um, so the game that we played that you're talking about is called You've Got Crabs. Yes. Yeah. And we actually opened that up at a white you can elephant get it at Target. gift exchange. And it was the funniest thing ever. But it's a cool game. It's fun. Yeah. I got it at a gift exchange. I thought it was a joke. It wasn't, like a gag gift. It wasn't a gag gift Christmas exchange. Yeah. But when I opened it, I thought that's what it was because I'd never seen it. And it says, you got crabs and everyone was laughing at me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a real game. Yeah. And it's a ton of fun. You can get it at Target. And yeah. then there's another one called Exploding Kittens. Yes. And it's from the same maker. These are card games. And they're a lot of fun. And they're family friendly. I mean, when we played, Malachi played with us, the You've Got Crabs game. Yeah. It's just, a. it was a lot of fun. Maybe no, we I, should take Exploding Kittens to Honduras. We should. Yeah. We should take, we could do You've Got Crabs there too. The kids would love it. Yeah. No, um, I mean with our team at the dinner table. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be great. Mission team game of Exploding Kittens. That's right. We're going to have to give it a try. We'll let you know if we make it happen and we'll tell you how it all turned out. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good. Get out there and get some new games because they're fun. We're going to take our games with us to uh, Honduras. But what about like Honduras games or Philippines games? Because sometimes things are very similar. Yes. Sometimes each culture has their own unique thing about it. And so, you know, what have you noticed different about games in other countries? Um, Well... My, there's aren't like board games that I'm thinking of, but like, um, type of Red Rover or Head, Shoulders, Knees and Toes. Those aren't really games, but the kids like to go as fast as they can and see who can, you know, be the fastest. Um, they like. Pinatas are a big deal. They love the pinata. Pinatas are a big deal. Yeah. And they don't get a pinata very often. And so when you have one, it, it is a big deal. Yeah, they, yep. they love the pinata. Yeah. Um, and then like the parachute where you have a parachute and you put different things on it and, you know, keep it going or get underneath of it. The kids absolutely love the parachute. Um, and then we did water balloons with a slingshot. Yeah. And like a, a huge slingshot where it takes three people to do it. You know, one guy to hold one side, one guy the other. And then a kiddo to pull the thing. And they love that. Yeah, that they was They thought fun. it was fun. Yeah. We let them not only, you know, pull back this uh, balloon launcher is really what it is, yeah. but try to shoot one of us. 
Yeah. And they just loved it. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. We'll yeah. have to do that again uh, Well, in we're the actually summer. taking them this time. If this we time? Have, uh-huh. It was suggested we take them, so we're okay. going to. And if we have time, they can use them. Yeah. So all right. it's nice there all the time, so it'll work. Well, is that it for today? I think that's it for today. Guys, we would love to have you uh, join us in our work in Honduras, join us on a mission trip, join us in child sponsorship, join us as an extra mile sponsor, however the Lord leads. Thank you for listening today, and we will be back with you next week on Friday, like always. Hope you have a great weekend. God bless.